This podcast is supported by Audible. To find out how you can get a free audiobook of your choice just for trying Audible, check out audibletrial.com slash lead. This is Soren Kaplan, and you're listening to Leader Lab. So who are you and what do you do? My name is Soren Kaplan. I am the author of Leapfrogging, and uh, the way I look at what I do is I help leaders disrupt mindsets and markets. Concise and awesome way to put it. Uh, now, I, I want to get into leapfrogging, obviously, and talk about it because it's all about um, uh, surprise and breakthroughs and innovations, the role of surprise. And I, it's interesting because the story of how the book came about actually comes about from your own little surprise, um, which is when you sort of gave yourself um, a huge surprise and moved to Paris and ended up writing it, uh, what I think is a little bit different of a book than you thought you were going to write when you showed up in Paris, but an awesome book nonetheless. Tell me a little bit about your that experience. So the whole experience, it reinforces the theme of the book, which is basically that business breakthroughs at the personal level and the business level come from giving ourselves experiences that challenge our assumptions and ideally surprise us. And it's in that process that we can create breakthroughs in products, services, business models, processes that surprise the market, surprise customers, surprise our employees. So that's really the premise behind this. And you're right. Uh, one of the things that happened to me is I moved my family to Paris for a year to get outside of our comfort zones and uh, live in another culture. And I one day, I wandered into this little cafe. I had been kind of struggling with the, the focus of my book. I knew it was about leadership and, and breakthrough innovation. But I wandered into a cafe that was ranked as the number one coffee spot in Paris out of 35,000 bistros. And I didn't know it at the time. It looked a little bit different. There were no waiters in white aprons, no French food, no outside tables. But uh, as I took a sip of that coffee, it just blew me away. And I needed to understand more about it. And what I learned is that this little cafe, the woman who owns it, her name is Gloria. It's called Cafeo Tech. And she has 20 types of single-origin coffee. She visits every plantation herself personally around the world. She sends her best baristas to visit those plantations so they can understand the entire coffee-making process. She does coffee tastings, like you might have wine tastings. She even has a, a university where people come from around the world to study under her and then go off and open their own cafes and France is far and in far off places like China and Ethiopia. Um, she's created a robust business model with multiple sources of revenue that challenge what it means to be a cafe in Paris, let alone anywhere else. And so that breakthrough surprised me in terms of what she's doing. But also what I realized is my own personal experience, I had wandered into that cafe to write about game-changing breakthroughs, and I was sitting in one. And that personal experience surprised me and kind of led me on a journey to research surprise and talk to leaders about their experience with uncertainty and surprise and creating breakthroughs. And, and that's kind of where the, the, the essence of the book came from. And, and you say that it's interesting, as I re read the book, I sort of learned two lessons. One that, one that phenomenal breakthroughs usually deliver a surprise to a customer, but then also a lot of times the, the insight from that uh, that led to that phenomenal product or service it actually comes from a surprise on the business side too. But let's start with the, with the customer a little bit. Talk a little bit about how um, breakthrough ideas, innovative ideas deliver surprise to the consumers, like your coffee shop. 
Well, you know, the, the first principle and it's based in, in brain research, actually, uh, that I uncovered, which is that when we experience a positive surprise, and you'll think about the first time you picked up an iPad or you know, saw Cirque du Soleil as a performance, um, those kinds of positive surprises, they actually light up the pleasure centers in our brains. Um, so that's, that's kind of a no-brainer. Um, these breakthrough innovations, whatever they are, if they're meaningful for us and add value and, and challenge assumptions, they actually surprise us. Okay, so that's the first principle. Um, the second is that in order to create those surprises, and I talked to a lot of you know, leaders who I felt were really game-changing leaders about their experiences, and I reflected on my 20 years of, of experience working uh, across n- numerous you know, startups as well as big companies, uh, and Basically, what I what I learned is that there's a backstory to, to most public success stories, and those backstories are about how leaders and their organizations um, respond to those uncertain, unpredictable events that happen, the surprises, both good and bad, and it's how those leaders surprise to those or respond to those surprises that really give them the insights and the new direction that kind of lead them to their breakthroughs. Which is which is interesting because you know what you just said, both on a consumer side and a leader side. W- most people tend to believe we don't like surprises. You know, consumers would say they don't like to be surprised. Uh, we all know of the new Coke fiasco, right? Um, which itself was a surprise, a negative one. But even businesses and a lot of business and management and strategy uh, literature out there now is is against this idea of surprise. Why, why do you think that is? Well, if you go, to, that's a great observation, um, Dave. If you if you go to Amazon, and you do a search on management books with surprise in their titles, 100% of them, every one of them is about how to avoid, minimize, and prevent the phenomena. So, you know, part of it started in the Industrial Revolution. We want our organizations to be efficient and predictable. And there's this hope and assumption that if we put all the right tools and methodologies into, you know, the big corporate meat grinder, that we're going to get the outcome we're looking for, you know, innovation. Um, Uncertainty and surprise, and ambiguity, those are bad words in business. Those are things to be avoided and prevented. We create you know, plans in order to uh, eliminate the possibility of variances in our plan, which is you know, eliminating uncertainty. But it's in the creative process, the, the, the process of breaking through to challenge our assumptions is all about going out there and, and trying to find things that are surprising, that are challenging to, to our mindsets. And so, you know, we're fighting against uh, and we're training leaders in business school and in our organizations to fight against the very things that are important for disruptive innovation and change. It's interesting. And, and as I read through the book, you know, I, I don't – it's one of those problems that I don't necessarily know – how entirely to fix, but you give a good, a pretty good model of how to how to fix it. You sort of set up, um, and it's sort of inspired by the title, but this leaps acronym, acronym, a sort of a framework for how to actually start embracing surprises and start producing surprises that delight um, customers. Can you talk a little bit about the leaps framework, um, what each of the letters stands for, and what that means? Well, the, the leaps framework is really the life cycle that a leader, team, or organization goes through on the path to a breakthrough. So, um, some of these things are a little bit paradoxical and counterintuitive. But when I looked at what a lot of game-changing leaders were doing, 
um, basically they were starting out, the L stands for listen, you know, they were listening to themselves first and not the market, which is a little bit of heresy for a lot of companies. They start with the customer. These folks are trying to create a big breakthrough. They listen to what they want to create for the world, what kind of impact do they want to have on the world, on their own organization. Um, Apple, for example, is an easy example. They, they created the iPod and iTunes because they wanted it. You know, they wanted to create something cool, and they led the market. There's numerous examples like that. Um, you have, the E is explore. So, you know, you can't just listen to yourself. You've got to go out there, and you have to push your own boundaries. So explore is basically go outside to stretch the inside, stretch your own personal inside as well as the organizations. And going outside can look like talking to customers and, and, uh, and, and, and partners and, and exploring new markets, adjacencies, and, and kind of markets you're not even in in order to really stretch yourself, going to other cultures. Um, there's various ways to, to really push your own boundaries, and there's research behind why that's important. Um, the A is for act. Take small, simple steps again and again and again and again. It's not about betting the farm necessarily when you're creating a breakthrough. It's about doing something that will allow you to get out there in the market and test and learn and iterate uh, your ideas. Um, the the P is about persistence. Um, there's something called the failure zone, which really is kind of where people give up. And a lot of uh, leaders and entrepreneurs really try to create uh, what I call optimistic persistence. It's about you know doing something even when it fails that that they look at as learning and uh, and and in using that as a tool for moving forward. And then the last one is the S, which is uh, seize. And it's really about seizing the fact that you know making the journey part of that surprising destination. It's it's a recognition that we don't all have the answers and that things come out of the blue that we don't expect. And it's it's in that process of of responding to the both the good and the bad things that happen in business that uh, that we can kind of use that to to steer our journey. Look at those surprises as guideposts. Um, and uh, and use those as, as tools. Use surprises as tools to to innovate. That's interesting. It reminds me of the um, the old quote. Uh, I forget. I honestly forget who said it, but said that the majority of scientific breakthroughs don't actually um, are, aren't exclaimed with the the phrase eureka. They're actually exclaimed with the phrase that's funny. And there's a, an element that science has kind of gathered this idea that um, failure results are still results and surprises that aren't necessarily things to be eliminated because there may be insights out of those surprises. You know, humor is a great example of making connections to unusual things that are surprising. And the reason why something's funny is because it either challenges an assumption or it makes a connection we didn't expect, which is a surprise. No, that's, a, that's a great analogy. Now, there's a, there's a ton of really cool examples uh, for each of the steps in that framework and, and sprinkled in throughout the book. And I kind of, you know, I've read them all and I have kind of my favorites, but I'm I'm curious. What's uh what story from from some corporation or some uh, some surprise other than the coffee shop? What was your favorite example? Well, I, I love the one from Intuit. They're the software company that provides um, Quicken, uh, and Quicken is a, a way to balance your checkbook at home on on your computer. Um, and the reason I like that is because it it's the only company that I found that actually has a value in their corporate culture and their leadership for what they call savoring surprise. Um, it's They have it embedded in their culture because they've been doing it a long time. When they first launched Quicken, it was really a consumer application. And, and the leadership uh, kept hearing that 
small businesses were using their software, but they dismissed that data uh, over and over and over again for over a year because they didn't believe that small businesses could be using their software because small businesses need, you know, quote unquote, real accounting software. Um, and so they they didn't they didn't look at the the surprise that was coming up, and they resisted it. When they finally did, they realized that uh, small businesses were using the wrong software because it was simple, and they didn't like accounting. They didn't know how to do accounting. They didn't start their businesses to be accountants. So this this wrong use of their software led to them to look into the market a little bit more. They had assumed that it was saturated with other accounting software, but what they realized that there might be an opportunity. So they launched something called QuickBooks, which many small businesses um, now use, and within three months of launching that software, they had 70% market share. They created a disruption in the market um, and became the market leader in three months um, because they opened up to a surprise, and now that, that value is just pervading their culture. Hmm. You know, it, it's interesting because Intuit is also, uh, well, they're, they're, they created one of my favorite sites, Mint, but, you know, they're also famous for the, um, the for TurboTax. I'm sure everybody knows Intuit, uh, you know, around April, um, in, in March and April. But I was reading an interesting story that this idea of savoring surprises, uh, I think it, it shows there's a real, um, there's a real transfer of values into savoring that surprise and that uh, it was the story of how they developed SnapTax, which is basically an iPhone and Android app. Um, they actually wanted to make TurboTax uh, online a bit easier to use by, you know, oh, take a picture of it, upload the picture, and it'll fill out your W-2. And they went in and started to interact with some rough prototypes of, of that software. They ended up having customers say, well, would there be a way to just do the, my entire taxes on, on my phone? Um, and they, they came back, and it was quite a surprise. I think they thought that people wanted the security of, this is ironic to say, but the security of having it done on online software on a secure website or on um, their own computer. And in reality, people just wanted to get it done. Had they not had a culture that was finally built around this idea of saving those surprises, they probably would have just thrown that out and kept going with their uh, their first thought, which was just to find a way to capture W-2 data. Yeah, that, that's another great example of that, and that um, that continues those success stories. And that's also in my book. That that SnapTax story is is a. I got it. Then. Oops. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also out there, I think, in the press now. But uh, the the whole uh, the whole notion is that as a as leaders and as companies open up to those surprises, they see more and more of them. So so it you, you kind of. Fine-tune your your radar to uncover the things that you might um, that might pass you by that you might pass by or that you might ignore, and they turn into opportunities. And it just as you as you tune yourself into those things that that you might otherwise resist, um, you start seeing more and more of them. Mm, no, totally. And and the leaps framework is a great one to get practice on how to start to begin to see those things. I want to shift a little bit from the book uh, to you and ask you a couple questions, if that's all right. Uh, the first, what are you reading now? I am in the middle of two books. Uh, the first is uh, The Power of Habit, and it's all about uh, how our habits uh, shape our, our behavior and uh, kind of our mindsets. Um, and then I just got another book, which I'm really excited to read, called Fooling Houdini. And it's all about the world of magic and illusion. And that the reason why I'm reading that is because um, I'm really intrigued by the notion of how we can go through life and miss things 
um, like those surprises, and magicians have figured out how to do things that play upon the same dynamics uh, that um, that are at play when we're just living life and, and kind of missing the things that are right in front of us. I, I have to throw one out for you then. Uh, have you read, uh, I believe you say his name, Christopher Sh- uh, Chabry, his book, The Invisible Gorilla? I, you know, I love the gorilla video, but I have not read The Invisible Gorilla. Oh, you've got to check out the book. It's it's the book is written by the man who did the gorilla, the invisible gorilla study, and then it's a bunch of other ways that it's just why why do we miss things we think are in plain sight? Um, why the psychology behind how these sort of things happen? It's really kind of interesting. It probably pairs well with the fooling Houdini. So for you and anybody who's listening that is that is also interested in how we just miss everyday stuff, um, check both of those out now. Um, the book has been out for a couple months now. It's doing really, really well, and I, I know that we're still in launch mode. Um, but I, I have to know you're, you are a bit of a planner, even though you would savor surprises. What, what's next for you? I have, uh, as part of this uh, this book launch, uh, which has gone great, it's a Wall Street Journal bestseller, and it's getting a lot of great press, um, I am um, continuing to develop uh, leadership development programs focused on how leaders can uh, savor surprise and, and uh, go through the leaps process uh, for breakthrough innovation and, and you know, kind of uh, disruptive change that's happening everywhere. So I, I've, I'm developing a, a 360 uh, innovation assessment and uh, and leadership programs based on that. And I'm just continuing to do my, uh, my consulting work where I'm helping a lot of organizations kind of figure out how do they leapfrog to their their next big thing and their and their product services and business models. Well, the book again is leapfrogging, harness the power of surprise for business breakthroughs. A lot of awesome insights and great stories about the role of surprise in, in creating innovative products and services that delight customers and how to lead an organization that savors those surprises more. So if you're interested in how to do that, if you just need to wonder or you just need to figure out how do I savor surprise in my own life to improve myself, I highly recommend you check out leapfrogging. Soren, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure, David. Thanks for including me. 